Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, oftentimes I'll hear people say, if, you know, I talk to them, I talk to them about their life, I'll hear them say things like this, I try to keep the Ten Commandments. And usually when you ask them what the Ten Commandments are, they don't know them. And they make up a few that aren't in the Ten Commandments. But also I'll occasionally hear someone say something like this, I try to live by, and this is obviously somebody who's been associated with church at some point, I try to live by the Sermon on the Mount. And usually when they say that, I know immediately they don't know what they're talking about. Because when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, especially what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at verses 27 through 35, Jesus is calling us to a standard that I'm going to be honest with you, it just seems virtually impossible for us to keep. In and of ourselves, we can't do what he's going to tell us to do. So what's he going to tell us to do? Well, we'll get there in a minute. We can't do what he's telling us to do because in your own strength, you can't do it. And so, in fact, some scholars have come to the place in our circle of churches to say that it's impossible to do so. It obviously must be for later on when Jesus establishes his kingdom. That's when you're able to do it. But the reality is, is as you look at this passage, and especially as you look at what he was saying last week when we saw the blessings and the woes, we're going to see that it's impossible for you and I to do it on our own, but it is possible with somebody else helping us. See, what are you talking about, George? Well, let me be honest with you. What he's going to call for us to do today is to love your enemies. And immediately when I say that, a picture of somebody pops up in your mind. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody you don't like who has done you wrong pops up in your mind. And immediately the response is, that's impossible, I can't do that. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the pain I went through. You don't know the hurt I went through. What are you asking of me? It's not me that's asking. Let's look at the passage together. Look with me at verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, 
hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Here's what we're going to see today, folks. We're going to see that, first of all, there's a call to be different. Jesus is going to call us to something that, let's be honest, is virtually impossible for some of us here. He's also going to give us a command to love. And then we're going to see what our motivation needs to be. First of all, the call to be different. Look with me at verse 27. He says it right off the bat. But I say to you who hear, what's going on here? First of all, Jesus is calling us to action. He's calling us to action here. He's basically saying, guys, if you're listening to me, I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you because I want you to do what I'm about to tell you. I am calling you to action. So this is not just some helpful suggestion he's about to make here. These are not just some, this is what you should possibly try to live towards. So a lot of times we, we, we set goals for ourselves and we, we say, okay, this is the goal I've set for myself. I'm going to try to achieve that goal. So this is not a goal that you're supposed to be reaching for. And you know how it is sometimes, like, you, you know, you know how it is with the weight loss thing. You say, well, I'm going to try and lose 20 pounds and, you know, yeah, I'm going to work on it, you know, and it's, it's there and, you know, you know, and if, if I don't get there, you know, I'll, I'll try next week, you know, and, oh, yeah, the picnic's coming up. Well, after the picnic, you know, and you know what I'm talking about? We, we kind of think things in terms of goals, and the reality is, is he's not talking about a goal to be reached here. He is calling us to action. He is saying, listen to what I'm telling you to do. Now, the basis for it is this. The basis is Jesus. The basis is Jesus. You say, what do you mean, George? Look with me back. Look back at verse 20. We're going to look at verse 20 to 26 again. We're going to kind of go back to last week because the basis is what he told us last week. Then he lifted his eyes towards his disciples and said, Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you and cast you out, out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, live for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner your fathers, their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you Woe when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. You say, okay, what, do, what does how's the basis? Because remember what I said to you last week. The blessing for all of us is the fact that Jesus came. And because Jesus came, and he is real in your life if you're a believer, my friends, he then gives you to the ability to be able to do what he's asking you to do here, which we view as impossible. When he tells us now, in a few moments, to love our enemies, and he's going to specifically tell you how to love you as your enemies, you could say, I can't do it on my own, but with you, Jesus, I can do it. In fact, isn't that what Paul says? I can do all things through what? Christ, who strengthens me. See, He's calling us to action here, not for you to do it on your own, but for you to do it with Jesus. Strengthening you, guiding you to do it. 
And let's stop for a moment. It has to be that way. What do you mean it has to be that way? Okay, remember when I said, I said somebody popped up in your mind immediately, right? Everybody had somebody pop up in your mind? You can't love them, can you? You are hurting just with their face being there in your mind. Anger wells up in you. You remember what they did to you. You remember the hurt. You remember the pain. And now for somebody to tell you, well, you're just going to have to love them. I'll love them. There's no way you can do it. Jesus, you're asking the impossible. There's no way I can do it. Here's what Jesus says. You're right. You can't do it. But with me, you can. I'm calling you to a different standard, he says. I'm calling you to action. I'm calling you to do the impossible. Not by yourselves, but I will give you the strength to do it. I will give you the ability to do it. I will give you what you need to do it. See, the basis for being able to do what he's calling us to do, my friends, is Jesus. See, this is why so many of us, when I hear people say that I live by the temple, I live by the, I live by the Sermon on the Mount, I already know they're a failure. They just might as well put a big F on their forehead. Because if they're trying to live it, there's no way you can live it. But Jesus, He gives you grace to do it. He gives you grace. You know, it's, it's very real to me. I just recently got word of, um, here in the last year, of a gentleman who passed away, who died. And uh, you guys don't know him. I'm glad you don't. But this gentleman created a lot of pain in my life, in Lori's life, ten years ago. And you know the crazy thing was? He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. You ever met somebody who does How many of you know what I'm talking about, okay? All right. And he created a lot of pain in my life. Upturned our lives completely. In fact, you know... When you're in a church and you have to leave, you, you just don't find another job. You've got to leave town. And the problem was he was another pastor. And for the longest time, you just mentioned his name, I boiled. And I was putting myself in a prison. So much so I began to realize it because within a, within a year of being here as pastor, I, we had to go back to Canada for a funeral. And I'm in the funeral home waiting to go through the viewing line. And I turned around and there he is right there. Like, I could touch him, but I didn't want to. And everything within me wanted to walk out the door. But that wouldn't be pretty cool since everybody there knows I'm a pastor, and he's a pastor. And I was confronted immediately that you're expecting him to say, I'm sorry, and he's never going to. Who's in the prison here? And I had to forgive him. I had to love him. So much so that when I heard he died, I was free from it. I felt for his wife, and I knew that Jesus would take care of everything. See, God calls us. Now, now you say, how could you do that? I can tell you right now, it wasn't me. It was Jesus who gave me the ability to forgive and to move on. So when you look at what he's calling us to do here, you can't do it. But see, God never calls us to do something that He wants us to do on our own. He will do it through us. So what's He calling us to? Let's look at it. Here's the command, the command to love. First thing, right off the bat, He tells us, verse 27, can't get any more plainer than this, we are to love our enemies. You're to love your enemies. Look at what He says. Love your enemies. 
Now, what, what does that mean, George? Does that mean I've got I to gotta go to the curve game with them? Does that mean I've got to go, go share a cheeseburger at McDonald's with them, invite them over for a barbecue at my house? I mean, what does that mean? How, how do I love my enemies? Because what he's calling us to is not just lip service, saying, I love you. He's calling us to action. So look with me at verse 27, 28. Here's how he says we are to express it. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Here's what I want you to see. Love must be expressed in action. Love must be expressed in action. You just can't accept the, the dry concept of loving I mean, everybody here says, yeah, I'm supposed to love my enemies. What does that mean? It's supposed to be expressed in your actions. So what do you do? You do good to them. Here's the ultimate one. You pray for them. And I'm not talking the zap them prayers. God zap them, blow them off the planet. We've prayed those kind of prayers, haven't we? God, make them suffer like they made me suffer. It's not what he's talking about here. He's saying, love them. Do good to them. Bless them. Isn't that interesting? Blessing, that means to bestow upon them happiness. To say, happiness for you. Holy cow, George, you're asking too much of me. Again, I'm not the one who's asking you to do it. God is, because he's going to give you the ability to do it. Now, you know, Paul later on gives us a perspective in Romans. He tells us that when you offer your enemy a cup of cold water, in doing so, it's like heaping red-hot coals upon them. You heap upon them judgment and shame. Because they may have done you wrong, but you're not stooping to their level. Do you hear what I'm saying? They may have done you wrong, but you're not stooping to their level. You're allowing God to do it. And here's the thing. You say, well, am I just going to forget and just brush over what they've done? Here's the thing, folks. If you're a believer here, you understand that nothing is brushed over. And that one day there's a righteous judge who will set everything right. And they may forget, but God will call it into account. And so you're delaying your reaction for the time in which God will deal with it. In fact, that's the next point Jesus brings up here. Look with me. We're not only to express it in action, but notice he asks you, he says, to him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer also the other. From him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. From him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Here's what he's saying. Don't retaliate. Don't retaliate. Some of you, if I came up to you and punched you right now, I can almost guarantee you some of you will knock me down. How dare you do that? Why? It's a natural reaction when we have somebody hurt us to what? Hurt them back. Jesus is not literally saying to you that if I come up to you and slap you on this one cheek that you go, here, here's the other one. That's not the point he's making. He's using an illustration here to tell you not to retaliate. Because your initial response is, is you hurt me, I hurt you back more. Don't retaliate. But isn't that so? That's what our culture is, isn't it? Vengeance. I don't get mad, I get even. Isn't that the statement? You've maybe even said it. <laughs> 
But here, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's the emptiness about vengeance. Even when you get vengeance, you're never satisfied. He's calling us here to a different standard. He's calling you to trust in Him, to love them, to do good to them, to pray for them, to bless them. And when they do wrong to you, you don't retaliate. You don't retaliate at all. You're saying, boy, George, that is impossible. It is. For you and I by ourselves. But with Jesus with us, we can do all things. In fact, here's what he does. He goes one step further in not just saying love them, not just expressing it in action, not just saying we're not going to retaliate. Here's what he's saying. Look at verse 31. We often quote this to each other. Look at verse 31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Here's what he's saying. Treat others as yourself. You know, I've, I've been around a little bit now. Here's what I notice with people who do wrong, who habitually do wrong, and who habitually take advantage of others. I've noticed this with people who lie and cheat and steal a lot. And they, maybe you've noticed this too, they just assume that everybody's going to lie and cheat and steal from them. Have you noticed that? That's how they are with other people. They can't perceive in their mind that somebody else would do different. Because in their mind, everybody's going to do that to them. Here's what Jesus is calling us to. You do different to them. You blow their mind. You treat them like you want them to treat you. That's what he's calling us to. That's the standard. That's what He wants from you. And let's be honest, it's impossible, isn't it? But it's impossible for us by ourselves. But remember, with Jesus, we can do the impossible. So let's notice our motivation. What's the motivation for doing this, George? Why does He want us to act this way? Look with me, verse 32. 35. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Here's what I want you to see. Here's our motivation. Go beyond the norm. Jesus is saying, it is normal for people to do good to their friends. It is normal for people to do good to others who do good to them. It is normal for you to love your families. It is normal for you to love your friends. It is normal for you to love people who are just like you. That's what the culture... I mean, you're not going to have a problem just loving people like you. You're not going to have a problem doing good to people just like you. 
In fact, if you don't do that, people think you're weird. People are saying, boy, you must be messed up or something. Can't take care of your own. In fact, we say things like that, don't we? A person who can't take care of their own is not worthy of respect. Isn't that true? So it's, it's the norm to, to express love, to do good to those who are the people you like. But Jesus is saying, so you do that. What credit is that to you? How does that make you stand out above the crowd? Because you're just doing what everybody else does. But when you love those who've done wrong to you, when you do good to those who have hurt you, when you pray for those who mock you and hate you, that is completely unusual. Think about it. Just a few years ago, remember the guy who just over in eastern Pennsylvania in the Lancaster area went into that school and shot all those kids? You remember the tragedy of that? And the news, yes, they reported the tragedy, but even more so beyond the comprehension of people watching the news was the response of the Amish community to what? To the man's family. They couldn't comprehend it. Why? Because what they did was beyond the norm. See, this is what Jesus is calling us to, my friends. He's calling you to go beyond the norm. He's calling you to love for and to pray for those who do you wrong. He's calling you to do it. Why? Here's, this re- here's the reason why. We will be rewarded. Look at what Jesus says. Hoping for nothing in return. So I'm doing this not expecting anything back from them, because let's be honest, you're not going to get anything back from them, are you? So you're not expecting anything back from them, but notice what he says, and your reward will be great. Nobody else may care that you're reaching out to those who hurt you. Nobody else may care that you're doing good, that you're praying for them. But Jesus does. And your reward will be great. And notice what he says here. And you will be sons of the Most High. What he's saying here, you'll have a special place in God's family. Wow. What a motivation. See, my friends, you've got to reach beyond where you're at. And do what Jesus is calling you to. In fact, let's just go right into it. Let's go into the three points that I'm going to give you. How do we, how do we bring this to a close? Here's the first one. Let go of your anger. Some of you here are holding on to the anger. Somebody did you wrong. Somebody hurt you. It may have been somebody's. Did you wrong? It might have been a pastor. It may have been a coach. It may have been a teacher. It may have been a family member. It may have been a close friend betrayed you. Somebody 
did you wrong. And inside of you is anger. And I understand exactly what that feels like, my friends. Because remember, I was standing right next to him. But God showed me the problem was with me. And I placed myself in a prison. Some of you here have got to let go of that anger. If you're going to do what Jesus is calling you to, you've got to let go of the anger. You say, well, George, you don't know what he did! You're right, I don't. But that's not the point. You've got to let go of it. It is consuming you. It is eating your lunch. And it will continue to eat you alive. Let go of it. You say, well, what do we do then? Respond with love. Respond with love. You go the extra mile. You say, well, I can't. You're right, you can't. But with Jesus, you can. And here's what you do. You go to Him and say, Lord, you're telling me to love Him. I can't do it. Love Him through me. You give me the strength to love them. I can't do it. You can be that honest with Him. He already knows. So let's not pretend, well, I'm supposed to love Him, but I really can't. No, you tell Him, I can't do it, Jesus. You give me the strength to do it. I want to do what you call me to. I can't do it without you. Respond with love. Respond with love. Go beyond the norm. And that brings me to that next point. Look to Jesus for your strength. Look to Jesus for your strength. He's the only one who's going to help you to do it. He's the only one who's going to help you to do it. He's the only one who's going to help you to love. He's the only one who's going to help you to forgive. He's the only one that's going to bring you to the place of trusting Him to make it right later on. There's a wonderful verse in Scripture in Revelation. It's in chapter... I think it's chapter 2 or 3. It's to one of the seven churches... And in it, he gives a promise to one of the churches. And this is the promise he gives them. And this is the one that I hold on to. To him who overcomes, I will make even your enemies come and acknowledge you. Wow. What is the promise? That if you persevere, if you live the life that Christ is calling you to live, if you allow Him to flow through you the love that He wants to flow through you to this world, that you do good and love the enemies in your life, one day they will come and acknowledge you before His presence. Isn't that awesome? Let go. Respond. Find your strength in Jesus because one day He'll set all things right. Isn't that awesome?
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.